Good morning, New Eden! Today is January 8th, 2023, and this is the Federation Frontline Report. I'm your host, Frozen Fallout, and my co-hosts are Samson and Nightflyer. Good morning, New Eden. How y'all doing? Hey, good morning, Eden. Thanks for tuning in. Awesome, and today we are going to be reviewing the Mimitar Amar Warzone, um, going over how contested the frontline systems are, and digging into some of the Z-Kill stats for each of the frontline systems and the empires themselves. Um, so let's go ahead and, uh, so the first thing that we kind of want to pull up here is um, the different factions for... Um, yeah, sorry, let's see here one second. Uh, yeah, let's, so let's go ahead and pull up the Mimitar Z-Kill and just kind of take a look at that. We also have um, the... Let's see here. Alright, so let's pull up the Mimitar stats for this uh, event here. So... Um, faction Warfare, the Mimitar have been going really strong with um, a large increase in the number of characters that they have. So they're up to 780 characters that are displaying on Z-Kill. Um, uh, just real quick, for characters, go to kills real quick. I just want to see what happens if you just go to the right here? kills instead of the overview. Yeah, for the Z-Kill. Okay, so I think... Yeah, the characters dropped. So this the is characters, last seven days. Yep, so, and that's what the other one was. But yeah, so for last seven days... Oh, that's that's what it is. Um, because if you go to losses... So, um, kills is just for... Our overview is the total number of characters who got on kills in the last seven days and the people who died. Um, if you go to um, losses, it'll just show the losses. You know, it's people who have lost ships that are part of the Mimitar. Um, kills is people that got on kills. So overall, uh, so let's go back to the overview. <laughs> I think it's total kills that's the one that gets totally fucked up. Um, so 780 total characters that have either been on a loss mail or been on a kill mail that are part of um, the Mimitar. Then we've got the uh, corporations at 124. Um, alliances, they're at 18 alliances now. Um, participate in like 20, 230 different systems. Um, and let's take a look here. Um, for the... Yeah, well, let's go ahead and go over all of the, the top corporations and alliances here. So the top corporations is... Uh, top corporation is Triad. Um, with 635 kills in the last seven days. Kill them all, let Bob sort them out, is coming in in second place at 446 kills. The Tribal Liberation Force is at 418 kills to make third place. Biohazard is at 321 kills. Um, Hot Light Brigade is at 295 kills. Nomads of Republic at 233 kills. Uh, 
Ratanin uh, Tribe is at 210 kills. Nobody in Local at 207 kills. Incognito Mode at 198 kills. And uh, Nomen Sunt Audacia at 145 kills. Uh, so let's go ahead and take a look at the um, top alliances. Ursha Khan at 1,100, I'm sorry, 1,000 kills solid. Um, Min, uh, Winmitar at 346 kills. Smile and Wave at 290, uh, 239 kills. Minmitar Fleet Alliance at 213 kills. Um, Erectus uh, Mitari at 210 kills of sound mind at 207 kills infinite pew coming in at 197 kills wild geese at 190 kills end of the line at 189 kills and real power blob alliance at 113 kills uh, let's take a look at some of these are the i think where it gets kind of interesting um the ships that they've been using to, um, I believe, this is just going to be that they use to kill somebody with. Um, so the Thrasher fleet issue comes in at um, number one, makes 100% sense, um, 429 uh, kills. Um, have you guys been able to, to play with the... Uh, Fleet Thrasher as of yet? I've fought them. Uh, I lost uh, Stabber to one well. He had a friend, but you know, it was a... They're really tough. So I feel like they're tougher than the Catalyst, but I could be wrong. I don't I have a lot of experience with it. And I have not flown one yet. I, I feel, definitely haven't flown one. I feel like they are... Uh, I haven't flown one yet either. Um, but I've gone up against them a couple of times, um, and the long range, like, you know, heavy tank on them, um, and the ability to kind of kite around and make you chase them, and with them to just lock onto you with their artillery can really devastate the smaller ships. And, uh, Fleebok does, uh, have a thing that he said here, um, if we've heard anything about the strand, uh, the stellar transmuters, and I haven't heard any recent updates or any show or any uh, videos that have been released by CCP as of yet. Um, definitely interested to see because that there's supposed to be more about how that's like changing the space around what's going on there. Uh, have you guys heard anything? No, I have not. Uh, just kind of read into some of the background stuff that they talked about in the producer's letter. I think we can kind of talk a little bit more about that later. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so the um, next up is the Republic Destroyer, which is the NPC. Um, so lots of fights happening inside of plexes or with, um, specifically uh, small plexes. Um, of course, with the Thrasher fleet issue and the Thrasher coming in second, of course. Um, at 246 kills that it got on in the last seven days. Um, 329. Oh, 329. I was looking at capsule. Apologize. Um, so yeah, 329 kills that it came in in the last seven days. Um, that definitely makes a lot of sense. And uh, 
I kind of wish that those were our factions ships because and it doesn't really matter i don't know why i i, I mean to a certain degree it's easier to get the, the blueprints i think for the um galente so i always want to just be flying galente type stuff and getting good with galente things but we we have the cock bag fits we could make some fleet issue cock bags yeah <laughs> Well, I think there, we'd want to modify it a little bit because I think you want to take advantage of the ability to tank it. Um, yeah, well, I, I feel like you could get almost the same amount of, of damage with actual tank. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's something we should definitely... I think what I need to do is go on a buying spree. cock. <laughs> or find somebody in, in Mimitar to trade with me straight up, uh, you know, Catalyst for um, Thrasher. Because I would love to get a whole bunch of Thrasher fleet issues. I think that that's, that's going to become a, a fit for sure. Fleabox says, I thought it would be cool if they would let us build our own transmuters so as to flip high-sec systems into low-sec, um, like Pachim and Pachvin. And uh, they would need to make them phenomenally expensive, and the Jitta constellation would have to be off-limits. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting. I think I think there is some talk about the idea of uh, changing low sec uh, or high sec into low sec to a certain degree, and that's some stuff that and even 0.0, .0 NPC space possibly might be turning into some low sec space. Uh, there's whispers about all these things, so it's definitely something that's on the drawing board. I think. Um, let's see what else do we have here. Of course, the Rifter. Um, coming in at um, 223 kills. Um, the, the capsule is at 246, and the Republic uh, Cruiser is at 229. Uh, but the Rifter is the next player ship that is actually being flown, getting on kill mails for the Galente. Um, and that has, or for the, I apologize, the Mimitar. We talk normally about the Galente, but. Uh, um, and then the Keldari Navy hook bill, that's surprising. Uh, that's looks, an interesting one. Yeah, that's, that's to be a, on there, the top ships. It is a, I mean, it is a pretty decent ship if you, you armor tank it, weirdly to say that, and then put dual web on it and just be, So maybe that's what they're doing. Um, but there is, there is a lot of interest. I mean, the Keldari Navy hook bill is a good ship. Um... But then, of course, the Punisher, everybody knows Bait Punisher, coming in at 210. Um, the Republic Frigate at 185. And interestingly, and I really love the new Trish, Trishian, if you've never flown one. Um, I don't know if that's how a lot of people are fitting them. I know that they do, like, long-range fits and stuff like that. The Trishian is a nice farming ship, actually, in uh, Faction Warfare that you can actually get, uh, you can still kill stuff with. Some of the stuff you can do um, is get like multiple Tristians, assign all of your drones to a Punisher, and just watch people get eaten alive when they come in on you for some <laughs> reason. You know, like, you just easily are able to just kill one after another. Um, and then um, the different uh, systems that uh, they have been fighting inside of is Aga. Um, at 545 kills, Flosswin at 360 kills, Eridar at, 
or Ar- Ardar at 325, Vard at 320, uh, or sorry, Ardar is at 326, and Vard is at 325, uh, Halua at 299, uh, Kerman Murnin, uh, at 262, Rashazar at uh, 149, Sisaid at 63, Egg Hedelin Heldon at 62, and Amamaki actually at the the low end of this, still making the uh, the top systems. Um, normally known as a very dangerous and high-fought uh, system, which is not a frontline system right now, which could take away from it quite a bit, actually, coming in at 60. Um, all right, let's go ahead and switch over to the Amar and uh, take a look over here. So the Amar coming in at 802 characters. So comparatively to the, um, uh, to the Mimitar, they have 80 more characters. Uh, just a very minor 80, sorry, 20, like 22 more characters. So the Mimitar have 780, the Mimitar coming in at 802. Um, we've got 107 corporations, eight alliances. Um, and let's take a look at the top 10 corporations for them. Um, the Holy Amarian Battle Monk at 651 kills. Dirt and Glitter coming in at 599 kills. Radiant Shadow at 503 kills. Red Sky Morning at 482 kills. Task Force 641 at 422 kills. Uh, 24th Imperial Crusade at 380, Grass by the Home at 214, Melephalon at 163, Clan of Scavengers at 126, and the Order of the Garurulur at 124. Top Alliances. Um, looks like they don't fill out the top alliances. Of course, there's only eight of their that they have for alliances. So we've got uh, local is primary at 1,536, very easily clinching number one. Uh, the Amar Militia, dot, <laughs> interesting, at 713. Uh, sorry, 733. Uh, Imperian Edict at 449. Red Alliance at 179, Hysteria at 21, Free Range Chickens, Chickness at 7, and the Those Fallen chickens. Order Chickens. Chickens. Spell, it's spelled wrong, but it's chickens. <laughs> um, and then the Fallen Order only getting two, so it looks like they have about really three active alliances. Um, Red Alliance? Is that Red Alliance? Red Alliance? I don't know. Yes, that is Red Alliance. If you click on them, um, you'll see that that is actually the, uh, 
the original Red Alliance, if, if I'm understanding this correctly. So they must have just came in to faction warfare. Because I see uh, 400... Yeah, they, they, nope, they're at just a smaller group these days, comparatively to their, to their era, to their days of old. Um, Fleabach asks, so do the leaders of these alliances even coordinate their activities or try to execute some strategy, or is it mostly just following the frontline systems? Um, there is coordination between different militias using militia discord um how well they you know do that is kind of you know there's an ebb and flow to it to a certain degree um there is some coordination for sure but on an alliance level and, and a corporation level is where you're going to get the more finer um coordinating efforts that are going to be, um, you know, well documented or, you know, like, well, you know, communicated to each other. Um, there is a lot of coordination that happens on the fly um, that, you know, through, you know, standing fleets and just, you know, discord itself and just letting people know when there are, you know, um, upwell structures that are under attack or, um, coordinating you know you know sometimes like people are putting up fleets in order to uh take battlefields and stuff like that's so, like quick um coordination that happens there um but there is nothing like forcing like an, an alliance has a much stronger ability to enforce the concept of communication um militia is much uh faction warfare is supposed to be much more like you can be completely independent if you want and a lot of people are independent um and it's really nice with the frontline system that that is where we're all focusing so you'll work with a lot of people that you're not coordinating with inside of battlefields inside of um plexes and you know random fights that kind of come up um there is a large discoordinated uh, effort that happens inside of faction warfare that you can sometimes coordinate better like you know hey you guys should drop your fleet join us and help us take this kind of person down or sometimes it's just hey bring your fleet over they jump down into your comms and they're like hey my fleet is about to engage somebody that has you know a bigger fleet than us but if you guys join us then we can beat them just bring your fleet over to this system and you know we'll coordinate on a you know a lesser level of two fleets versus one fleet type kind of thing. Is that what you guys kind of experience as well? What about you, Samson? Yeah, I would say a lot of it is uh, um, standing fleets and uh, frontline systems and battle. The, the battlefields especially will drive um, some coordination. Um, I haven't been on like a like a fleet op in a while like where it's actually like something planned um like the last time that happened was when we were defending a structure a, a reft uh, um up well um, and that was a big deal and there's a lot of coordination going on there but yeah i would say 
I would I would say from my experience, and it's probably because I'm not in the fleets as much, but like the standing fleets are pretty much going on all the time and you can hop in those. And this is of course speaking for Galente only, uh, hop in those and, and, and either to get, to get some kills and do some flexing or sometimes you run into the battlefields. What about you, Nightflyer? Um, I would like to see a lot better coordination. I know with Noir, we wanted to take a system for very strategic reasons and trying to get support from the militia was uh, difficult unless we could guarantee some type of content with it. Uh, then it would come out a little bit more. But uh, for the most part, you know, our uh, Alliance and Corp were pretty much on our own to achieve that specific goal. Um, I said we, we wanted the system for, uh, like I said, for a very specific reason uh, within the war zone. Um, but we were pretty much left on our own until we got it close to flipping. And then at that point, you know, they, they kind of tagged on. But yeah, in short, um, yeah, the different alliances, I think they, they are pretty much sticking to their own goals and objectives that they want. They will work with others, but as far as an overall coordinated effort between all of Galmill, um, there may be some talking, but it is far short of what your individual corp or uh, uh, alliances will, will actually do. That's in my opinion. I think if we could get better coordinated or uh, any of the factions could, they, I think, would stand a much stronger strategic... Uh, impact in their war zone because you'd be able to just pull those numbers and everybody focus so you know we've got how many different frontline systems right now in you know in the, the Glente war zone a dozen yeah and like Mimtar so, which we're going over right now have like six <laughs> systems um, which does you know focus in like there is less of uh, Flea Block kind of brings up like there's like historical stuff where people would feign and move stuff and do you know much more specific like we want to take this system um and it's a lot harder in faction warfare to do that because of the frontline system um so you you really the way that it's very slowed down and um because before if you wanted to flip a system you could do it in a couple of days if you had no resistance whatsoever and if you had resistance um you know it might take you a week you might take longer, you know, and there might be long standoffs and stuff like that. And depending on how well defended a system was, it would really matter. But now everything's about the frontline systems. Um, you can try and take back um, line systems. Um, and there is some systems in that I saw in the uh, war zone that definitely it be uh, a command operation system will actually become um, really contested. Because it flips from being a frontline system to a um, to a backline or to a uh, command operation systems one, um, so there is still hope of being able to still take that system because you still get decent LP, um, and I I think that the victory points is not greatly depleted for flipping the system, so um, you get a hundred percent payout instead of a hundred and fifty percent payout like you do on the frontline systems. Um, so there is some of that that can kind of happen, um, but a lot of it it, it, it takes weeks, if not months, to like, OICX just fell for the Galente, 
and that was like a insane push of just months of effort by the Keldari to really focus down. They abandoned OMS, they basically abandoned all of these, the south of the war map, and kind of focused really hardcore in that area where we made a lot of gains. Um, but let's take a look over at the top ships. We've got the Punisher at uh, 435 kills. Not not surprising. That is, uh, although historically the Amar have been really strong with Tech 2 um, ships, but of course with the new yeah, changeover. Yeah, no more Tech 2 ships. Yep. Not in Plexes. Not in Plexes. Unless you're in Advanced, and Advanced are rare. You know rarer and well the one thing is is that um there is still play i think uh, i think people have uh and people will go back over to doing a lot more tech 2 kind of stuff it's just you can't chase as hard on somebody so if they go to another plex and you're in a tech 2 and they're in a yeah, faction you, just... you can't chase them but you can still set up a medium advanced with a curse inside of it and make ruin somebody's day um, because and, and set up your bait. Um, so there is still a lot of play inside there. Um, but the Imperial Navy Slicer coming in at second um, with 356 kills. Interestingly enough, but probably not interesting um, to a certain degree, is the Thrasher fleet issue because of how badass a ship it is. Uh, making it's that third above place. the coercer. Yeah, so they they've been buying their enemy ships to to fling at them because they're so good. It's a good ship. Um, I really like how that is interesting though that when the enemy is buying your ships, it's you know like because it has to they have to have gotten it from. There's no other way to get a Thrasher fleet issue than to get it from somebody in uh, the Mimitar. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess it could sort of be laundered in that way if someone sold the, it, you know, to, like, the, the blueprint to somebody else and then they built it and then they sold it, but it still comes originally from the other side. Right. It's the only way to get it. Right. Because, uh, yeah, and a lot of people would just be buying them probably in Jidda because those assholes get Jidda, but... Uh... And uh, Fleabach makes a good point. The Punisher struggles with range control, so that they're guessing that the Punishers are not solo kills. Yeah, most likely they're bait Punishers for yep. a fleet or a partner or two. Yeah, that that is, and that's the one thing I don't like about the Punisher as bait is that it's a really good like tank, and it should hold out for fucking ever for the fleet to be able to get there. Um, but it's not going to hold somebody down properly. It just you know it doesn't have that web. And the, the ability to web micro warp drive and uh or uh you know scram web a b is like the best kind of setup for being able to hold somebody down but every other ship lacks in that ability just to survive long enough for that fleet to get there depending on what you catch um the Corsair navy issue though right below that at 283 kills the imperial destroyer or uh, the Exeter Navy issue, so buying once again from their enemy, uh, the Galente over here. The Exeter Navy issue is a pretty badass ship. Um, I really, I do really like that ship, and I want to use it more. Um, at 224 kills, the Osprey Navy issue at 200, the Keldari Navy Hookbill at 168, and the Imperial Crusader at 115. 
um, and the same kind of systems that uh, you'll kind of kind of seen over in Mimitar you'll see to a certain degree here. Um, but Flosswin is uh, one of the top systems they're getting kills in at 689. Ar Ardar at 393. Um, Aga at 331, Bard at 306, Ezra at 233, Kormornan at 226, Halua at 218, an interesting one um, which is LXQ2TAC-T at 160, and I'm just going to look into this system here and see... You know, was that an adventure out, or I do see a lot of pandemic board activity here. Brave uh, Collective. Huh. The system just seems to be pretty, pretty hopping in the last seven days. That's at, over an Ethereum Reach. Hmm. Um, and then you have uh, Res. Zar at uh, Razuar Shar at uh, 99 and well, it looks like they've been over in our war zone actually quite a bit um, and helping push OICX. I'm guessing that was something that was pretty helpful. In the last seven days they've had 91 kills over in OICX. Alright, so let us take a look at our first system here as Azara. This is a first frontline system. Let me pull it up here on the map as well. Um, is it... Okay, I think if I can pull that right there. Azara. So this is our first frontline system. Um, looks like we have a 0 0.2 system here. Amar contested by 0 0.1. Um, so the Amar Empire own it, uh, the Mimitar have not really been able to push this system. Um, both of them have a huge amount of advantage that they've stuck into this. Um, so they got 56 advantage from completed objectives and 10 from neighboring systems. Uh, the Amar at 100% for 90% objectives, um, and that nets them only a 34% advantage at this point. So the, the Amar at this point, they're going to have to build those... Um, silencing beacons or uh, listening posts is that what what they are and i think listening posts would knock down the advantage in this system um let's take a look over at their kill board here so um the system has had 225 characters that have participated in pvp combat um 82 corporations 28 alliances, 104 ships, with 315 kills in the last 24 hours. Um, let's take a look at the top 10 corporations. So we've got the Holy Amarian ba Battle Monk coming in at 151. The first Perundal, or per, uh, Praetorian. Praetorian Crusade. Yeah, 56. Dirt and Glitter at 41. Clan of Scavengers at 35. 24th Imperial Crusade at 24. Tribal Liberation Force at 20. 
Biohazard Dot at 15, Small Focused Memes at 100, uh, sorry, 112, yes, I, I can, I can speak, I swear, I, I swear, um, the Small Forced Memes at 12, Task Force 641 at 11, and uh, Jerkosaurus's Rex Incorporated, 9. For top alliances, we have Localist Primary, of course, coming in at 116, the Amar Militia Dot coming in at 81, Winmitar Dot at 17, Pandemic Horde, making a little bit of, uh, uh, the last seven days, little stop in this area for 14 kills. Imperium Edict at 12. Sedition Dot, which is a uh, Galente Alliance, um, looks like it's been over in this area for 9 kills. Nanofiber Tokens at 6. Urshikhan at 5. Dock Workers 4. And of some Sound Mind 4. Uh, let's take a look at, interesting for the top ship here um, is actually a battle uh, battle cruiser the harbinger navy issue which did not make the overall top for either of the alliances but this system has seen a lot of action have you guys I wonder if there was a battle uh i wonder if that's a a, a battlefield fit mm. that's like a fleet of harbingers would probably work pretty well in a battlefield we, I've, I've seen us taking out, um, for the Galente, we've taken out some Harbinger fleet, but not Harbinger Navy issue. Um, yeah, well, Harbinger Navy, yeah, because they can make them, right? Yeah, they can. Uh, so I'm guessing, yeah, that would be the, the Amar, um, probably. Yeah, I was just assuming that, yeah. Um, the Hyena coming in at 40. Uh, so the Harbinger Navy issue at 53, top number one. Um, Hyena at 45. The Exterior Navy issue at 33, the Phobos at 32, which is a Tech 2 ship. Um, you can use to, it, it's got an infinity point on it, it's got a really long range scram on it. So, um, interesting ship to see out there though. Cursor Navy issue 22, the Keldari Navy Hookbill at 22, the Vedmac at 19. Um, Oh, sorry, the Imperial... Oh, no, never mind, yeah. So, the Vedmac at 19. The Vedmac is an interesting one to see also in a frontline system, um, but not too surprising considering how OP and badass the Vedmac actually is. Um, so, let's go ahead and uh, we'll go over to Samson for Vard, and let me just give you a quick breakdown on the map here. So, that is right next to um, Azara. Um, and once again, both of them really fighting over advantage here. Uh, Mimitar are the ones that own it at 48.6% contested. They have an advantage of 88% um, objectives completed, 10% from neighboring systems. But the Amar also have completed 52% of their objectives and have 40% from neighboring systems. Um, so a bunch of the, um, the, or sorry, so the Amar have, have it at 98% and the Mimitar have it at, uh, 92%, giving a net gain 
of the Amar having only a 6% advantage versus system, even though they've done a lot. Um, and Samson, if you want to take away the kill board here. Yeah, so in Vard, we're seeing 580 characters total, 176 corporations, 58 alliances, 170 ships, and a total kills of 732. Our top corporations, once again, Holy Amarian Battle Monk, 132. Clan of Scavengers, 70. Kill them all and let Bob sort them out, 66. The Congregation at 59. Triad, 51. Hoplite Brigade, 42. 24th Imperial Crusade, 40. Nobody in Local, 36. Minmatar Secret Service, 35. Dirt and Glitter, also at 35. The top alliances we have Local is primary, 150. Ursha Khan at 99, the Amar Militia Dot at 89, Hidden Leaf, sorry, let me start over. Hidden Leaf Village Ninja Ass Ass in Squad Esports at 59. Uh, of Sound Mind, 36. Imperian Edict, 27. Infinite Pew, 25. Windmatar, 24. That escalated quickly. Dot. Uh, 21 pandemic horde showing up here at 18 so there must have been some pandemic horde op or something or maybe they're with somebody i think they are uh, participating nice they've got like a uh um an alt alliance or corporation i don't know who it is though okay yeah so they're probably they bringing in somebody. alts to to do things uh, but uh, top ships, no surprise here. Thrasher fleet issue 139, and in second place, as it has been, it seems so far that we've been going over everything. Course or Navy issue at 80, Republic Cruiser 62, Republic Destroyer 58, Excure Navy 55, Caldari Navy Hookbill 54, Punisher 53, Rifter 39, and then you got the Republic frigate coming in at 38. Um, yeah, so this is a Mimitar controlled system. All right, so let's go ahead and take a look at uh, Aga. And I'm going to pull it up here on the map. So Aga is right next door to um, Vard on the map from the look of it, if you were looking at it Stellaris-wise, but does not actually connect to Vard at all. Nobody has a fucking advantage in this system. Not a single person, uh, because... They have both maxed out their bar at 100% here. Um, it is 27.9% uh, contested for the uh, Mimitar. So the Mimitar own it. The Amar are trying to attack it. Um, and it does seem like... Uh, I'm just going to take a peek here over... So both the... Uh, Amar systems that are connected here, the two frontline systems, are barely contested at all, and the Mimitar systems are quite contested uh, comparatively. 27% for Aga, um, Vard had the um, 20 or 48.4%. So Mimitar a little bit on the back foot, it looks like, in this area at least. Both of them going really hard on their objectives, though, and really trying to get that advantage system to go to work on their favor. Um, so let's go over to Nightflyer to actually go through all of the uh, Z-Kill board stats for this uh, Aga area. Well, we got 737 characters, 
214 corporations, 60 alliances, 152 ships with a total of 1,053 kills. Uh, do we care who the top characters are? Somebody might. Um, then Lara's number one with 66 kills. Good job for him or her. Uh, Aaliyah Adana, 49 in second place. Alexander uh, Zitsev, um, 48 kills. Bapus and or Grandpa is 37. Dark Rattler, 35 kills, right in the middle there. Um, Adrian Lawrence, 33 kills. Plutonium, 86, 30 kills. Anna Tesla, 29 kills. Sticky Mickey, not to be confused with Stinky Pinky, is 29. And Diggity Goad is 28, rounding up the top 10. Our top corpse. Um, some familiar names here. Triad, 115. Eve Corporation, 325, 68, 947 with 85. Number three, Task Force 641 with 84 kills. Red Morning, or sorry, Red Sky Morning, 79. One behind them, 78 kills is Kill Mall. Dot, let Bob sort them out. Dot. 49th Imperial Crusade, 78 kills. Digital Ghost, 70 kills. Number eight, really? Power Blob Dot, 61. Tied with Biohazard for 61. And Hoplite Brigade, 57. Top Alliance, number one, Ishra Khan, 190 kills. Amar Militia with 96. Imperium Edict with 89. Infinite Pew, 66. Winmar, 65. Really Power Blob Alliance, 61. Pandemic Horde, pop it up again, 57. Local is Primary, 56. Wild Geese, 51. Smile and Wave, number 10 at 47. Our top ships again is going to be the Keldari Navy Hookbill with 146, but tied in first place with the Punisher at 146. Uh, we got Republic Destroyers 127, Thrasher Fleet Issue 122, Imperial Navy Slicer 103. I'm not a fan of the, the Imperial Navy Slicer. They seem to kill me a lot. Uh, the Fed Navy Comet 93. I think that's the first time we've had that one pop up on these kill boards. Yeah, no, that's area. The, that's the first Fed it's Navy just, Comet for sure. Because and... I look for it because that's one of our go-tos. So um, the Exeter Navy issue 92, capsules 86. The Coercer Navy issue 75, and the Cormorant Navy issue pulling up the top 10 with 69 kills. Yeah, no, and I think that that's a big testament to. Um just how much we're seeing just Navy ships being used for the most part. Almost everything in the top 10 are Navy or T1 ships is pretty awesome. But I wonder if that Navy hook bill has to do with LP sales or people cashing out their Kaldari uh, LP for those hook bills. I mean, they're a decent ship. I don't like going up with them in anything, uh, anything T1. Um, a Kestrel... If the pilot doesn't know what they're doing, I could probably go up against the hook bill, but nine times out of ten, if I see them warping on my thing and I'm in a Kestrel, I will take off. But And Mike uh, on the Edge, also thank you so much for the raid. That's super awesome of you. He does uh, 
RPing as a journalist in EVA, and today's story was me going live into action and covering it as it happens. Awesome. That's, that's, we need more of that in EVA Online. I love that kind of shit. Uh, we yeah, need to absolutely. Get a, the man in, in the, the streets. Field. We gotta have that. Yeah, we need to do that more. Uh, yeah, so, um, interesting system for sure. Um, and let's go over to Koromonen. Is that how would you guys say that? I don't know. Koromonen. Koromonen. Yeah, I like that. Better than what I said. Uh, Koromonen. And Koromonen, of course, is just right down, and this is the one that's connected to um, Aga. And it's only 5.2% contested, it is controlled by the Amar. Um, has only an 8% advantage in the system, not from want of trying, though. Um, Amar hold 100%, or sorry, Mimitar hold 100% of the advantage, um, but the Amar not trying to slack too much here, getting 92% of the advantage. So Mimitar still have a minor 8%, and that only affects how much uh, victory points that you get towards flipping the system. So the more victory points that you get towards uh, for something is the more that the system starts becoming either contested or decontested. Um, but the Amar seem to be doing a really good job here keeping up with that um, and and keeping a defense, which, um, interestingly enough, I just kind of want to throw this out there. Have either of you two been running into empty ships? Have you been able to kill an empty ship? In fact, uh, not yet. not in a plex as of late. Uh, I've I've only seen them like on gates, not related to faction warfare. Like I haven't seen uh, any empty ships in plexes anymore. What about you, Nightflyer? Uh, not in a while. Sometimes you'll see the the corvettes and stuff just randomly floating out there. That's all I've seen. Yeah, and those Corvettes aren't in, in actual Faction Warfare. So I do have to say that I think that this expansion, as much as I despise defensive plexing, um, in the sense that I think that there should just be plexing, like that just put both the rats in the system and have them shoot at each other with, you know, they don't have enough firepower to kill each other. And then, you know, whoever comes in and a player kills one of the rats. And But it was always more of like, I just was sick of people not being in um, combat capable ships when they're doing defensive plexing and I feel like this update has really pushed people to be like okay if I'm gonna defensive plex I should probably do it in a combat capable ship um, because the likelihood of, of getting disturbed and pushed out of a defensive plex is much higher now if you're on a frontline system mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, no, I made that's the mistake thing too is I, I don't I haven't uh, really done any plexing in non-frontline systems really so I wonder if if there's any empty ships in those I mean those I could see throwing an empty ship into because you get but it's shit like for your it's LP worthless, right yeah it's yeah, not it's like it worthless. doesn't so they're anything. probably not even doing it then right yeah. and most people aren't offensively plexing outside of the front lines besides maybe some you know yeah, that's what I mean. stuff out there um, you were gonna say night flyer. Oh, I made the mistake of defensive, defensively trying to plex a system that was not contested, and so after sitting there for ten Zero minutes, I got LP. nothing. 
<laughs> yeah, I got yeah, nothing yeah. for my efforts. So yeah, it's good to be know, careful right? if you go into plex something that's like a uh, a point one or a, a point two, and um, it gets deplexed to uh, non-contested before you finish your your site. So big waste of time. Yeah, I think that that's something that is kind of interesting because although the Amar, as we've been seeing here, have a lot of, uh, you know, they're definitely keeping their defensive plexes down. Um, they don't, you know, or the defensive systems um, being, trying to keep them as non-contested as possible. Um, but by doing so, you don't get LP for defending them. Um, and that is uh, something that is taken, I think, into account. Um, when a system is at 80% contested, um, you're getting a decent amount of LP. Uh, you're getting approximately like 70 or 60% of the LP that you would get for doing an offensive plex. And you, and you can do... So what I like to do actually is, is take a comet into defensive plexing and go do the opens and the large and stuff like that. And if you get pushed out, that's fine. Um, you can find some good PvP that way as well capture people and you know call in the fleet and stuff like that um but yeah let's uh let's continue on here into looking into the different uh characters and stuff of the system um so there are 538 characters that have participated in pvp in the last seven days in the system um we have 188 corporations 54 alliances 166 different ships with a total of 632 kills. Um, let's look at the top corporations here. Uh, Digital Ghosts at 102 kills. Red Sky Morning at 79. Nomads of the Republic at 79. Task Force 641 at 68 kills. Really Powerful Blob at 55, Biohazard Dot at 44, Federation Defense Union, interesting, so somebody must have uh, either been for, you know, a few people or somebody must have been over in that area from the Galente um, NPC Corporation, um, came, in, came in at 32, just above the Tribal Liberation Force actually, at 30, and um, 24th Imperial Crusade also getting 30 kills and the Nomania uh, Stunt Odessia at 28. Uh, for the top alliances we have the Amar Militia at the Amar Militia Dot at 90, Smile and Wave at 83, Imperium Edict at 70, Really Powerful Blob at 55, uh, sorry, really powerful blob dot alliance. Bursha Khan at 52, Windmitar at 46, Red Alliance at 26, Localist Primary at 22, Pandemic Horde at 14, and Wild Geese at 11. Um, so yeah, there's definitely stuff going on over in that area. Um, let's take a look here at the top ships we've got thrasher fleet issue at 80 the punisher at 73 imperial navy slicer at 72 kaldari navy hookbill at 68 capsule at 59 so capsule is just when they've got destroyed and but still got onto the kill nail um, cursor navy issue at 50 osprey navy issue at 42 
Republic Fleet Firetail at 41, Exeter Navy Issue 37, and the Federation Navy Comet coming in last, making its second appearance for 35. Um, and then uh, we do have some chatter that's going on in chat here, so let's go check that out here. Um, so Fleablock says, I don't know how much solo you guys do, but what happens when a beam slicer fights with something, something with missiles? Um, I truthfully don't know how, I, I, don't, I don't fly slice, slicers, um, I have gone up against them to a certain degree, and I've gone up against a lot of missile ships, but I don't really fly missile frigates, um, I, uh, do you guys have any insight on what you think might, uh, might happen in that situation? I genuine, generally, um don't engage slicers unless I'm in something that has rapid lights or light missiles because the range. slicers tend the range and slicers tend to just like you know fly all over the place and they're really hard to hit it's really hard to get it's a lot harder to get transversal and stuff like that on them but like if we're flying for example um stabber our stabbers are pretty good against slicers um obviously that's a, a cruiser but um, I would say like the uh, Talwar, the Talwar. Yeah, the Talwar would be a good uh, counter, I think, to a slicer because you could have those light missiles um, just hitting it wherever it is. Um, yeah. What do you think, but, uh, uh, Nightflyer? Uh, against that specific ship, yeah, the Talwar or something with missiles would be good. Um, as far as beams go, I mean, I. I've had some luck in like the Tormentor against some of the smaller T1 uh, missile ships, but um, it's going to come down to range speed and whether you can get the transversal on them. Oh, and um, Mike on the Edge says his paper is called the Toilet Paper. Even have an in-game channel covering adventures I will be going into. That's awesome. I might have to check that out. That's an interesting name, fitting for Eve. Uh, um, and the channel's uh, Jebi Accent. And uh, so you're so Fleabok is curious about two Kaidi ships, ships when they fight each other, um, opposite groups versus missiles and stuff like that. Um, a lot of that just the thing about two kitey ships going at each other is that they don't do a lot of DPS and they uh, each mechanic kind of comes into why missiles and turrets have problems with kitey ships because missiles have a problem with kitey ships is that they're going so quite quick so it's their signature radius versus the speed that they're going um, and kitey ships are always going to be going really fast and sometimes if you're far enough away and, you know, pulling away, stuff like that, you can pull away from missiles and get, you know, a decent amount of speed where you might actually be able to outrun them because they only go so far. Um, and that's, you know, if, if they go 60 kilometers, that's the amount of speed that they have in order to get to 60 kilometers. If you're chasing after them going 4,000 kilometers, they're going 4,000, uh, yeah, 4,000 meters per second you're going 4,000 meters per second um, and the missile has got to catch up to them you know you you have to be within you know half that range if not even more um, in order to actually hit them with your missile 
Uh, but then you have tracking issues with turrets and stuff. So a lot of that comes down to just who's a better pilot um, and who knows how to, to put the game mechanics of, of what happens when you're trying to hit somebody with a missile and what, what's going on when you're trying to hit somebody with a turret and the, uh, the means there. Um, is it possible to have a situation that is just manually pilot, piloting contest? Yes, and yeah, that's exactly what we were talk, talking about. Is uh, yeah, but transversal is a double-edged th sword when it comes to turret versus turret. You know, if you're getting really good transversal on them, you're getting really good transversal on yourself. Um, but there's certain you can play that with manual pl piloting, actually. Uh, but it's really hard. It's something that uh, I I'm getting more into the concepts of how to. Um, kite and like do these kind of um, brawls where battles where it's a big kiting manual piloting kind of effort onto each other a lot of the times you come out of that fight with nobody winning. just that somebody knows that they're going to lose at some well, point a lot of times with kites if you're both kiting then someone just yeah burns away and gets away yes yeah. just... it's really hard to hold each other down in those situations the slingshot maneuver stuff like that um, Alright, so let's go ahead and head over to our next system, which is Flosswind. Um, so this is a pretty famous system, um, and I think I have to go to the north here. Yep, so Flosswind is way up here. Um, so what I'm going to do really quick is i got to move where we are. And look at that. Magically, we are down here now. Um, So Flosswin, let me get that up here and go over the contested stats. So this is controlled by the Amar Empire and is at 59.8% contested. Um, nobody has an advantage because they both have done all of the objectives that they can and the you know, neighboring system bonus that they have for, you know, basically they've maxed it out at 100 and looks like there's some solid fighting that's probably happening over in this system. Um, let's go over to the Z-Kill to find out. So in Flossiswin, uh, we have 638 characters, 180 corporations, 52 alliances, 194 ships, and 1134 kills. And in the top corporations, Dirt and Glitter at number 1, 280, Radiant Shadow, 228, Holy Amarian Battle Monk, 3rd place, 176, Triad, 150, Kill them all, let Bob sort them out, 107. Order of Garulor at 98. Red Sky Morning, 93. Ratini Tribe, 83. State Protectorate, 83. And the Hoplite Brigade at 65, rounding up the top 10 corporations. And for the top alliances, we have Local is Primary, 583. Rushra Khan at 217. The Amar Militia, 107. End of line, 86. Minmatar Fleet Alliance, 84. Electus Matari, 63. Win Matar, 57. Rote, Rote Capel, 53. Wild Geese, 45. We Form Volta at 43. Haven't seen that them in a while. And uh, top ships, once again, Thrasher Fleet Issue at the very top, 189. Punisher coming in second at 180. And then the regular Thrasher coming in third at 139. Excure Navy Issue, 
134, and then uh, past the NPCs and capsules, the Rifter at 98, an Imperial Navy Slicer at 98, the Scythe Fleet Issue, 88. I have fought a few of those. Um, they're a fun little ship to fight. And, uh, yep, and that rounds up our, our top t- uh, ships for Fossil Swim. I'm always scared by the um, the Scythe Fleet Issue. It just, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's just like there's a little weird terror that happens in my heart whenever I see the, it's the name running around. It is. It's a nasty Scythe, name. Right, because like even the, the, even the regular Scythe is, you know, it's a, it's, it's not even a, it's a. It's a healing a ship. Yeah, but its name is Scythe. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of a weird name for a logic. I love uh, yeah. sites. I've ever since uh, I think Chrono Trigger is one of the games that really got me into sites with Magus and the scythe that he had. Uh, but just mm. the the con- death having a scythe. Um, Fun fact: I actually own a real scythe in my garage. It's freaking huge. It's like six, you know, six feet plus tall, and and the blade is like three and a half feet long and it works <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean mostly i mostly use it for halloween uh at, at my house but uh, yeah yeah i i uh um it's it's i mean originally it's just for harvesting you know it's like for cutting down yeah. wheat right and but there is more scythes and that's what the like death uses. yeah the what the one that i have is a is a farm scythe but it looks the same yeah, there's not much of a difference. And they're very unwieldy, actually, if you really wanted to kill somebody with a... Yeah, no, uh, it's not... It is it's it is not um, practical. <laughs> right. Um, Unless it has magical soul-reaving powers. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then let's go over to Ardar. Uh, Ar. Pull that up here. Ardar is right next to Flosswin, connected to it. Um, and there is no advantage going on over there. Both of them have maxed out the potential for advantage. I don't think we're doing that in, in the Galente War Zone um, as much. They seem to be, I've, and from my talks with them, um, since the change, they seem to be much more into this uh, getting strong advantage into the system, which, you know, in the end is resulting in neither of them getting advantage in the system. So, um, and then the Mimitar Republic is the one that owns it at 33.0% contested currently. It's only um, slightly less than what Flosswind is currently contested. Um, and let's go over to Z-Kill to see what uh, kind of cool action is happening over there, though. Oh, we've got 640 characters, 176 corporations, 44 alliances, 157 ships for a total of 828 kills. Uh, corporations, we got Radiant Shadow with 167, Dirt and Glitter 129, sorry about that, Triad with 98, Ritani Tribe 81, Kill em All, Let Bob Sword Amount with 73, Tribal Liberation Force 72, Biohazard 66, Rage and Ruin 55, Tied with uh, Incognito Mode 55, and Hoplite Brigade wrapping up the top 10 with 54. Top alliances, local is primary, 264. Urshikan, 143. Mimitar Fleet Alliance, 83. End of line, 78. Winmatar 
is going to be our number five spot at 67 kills. Roe Capel, 50 kills. Amar Militia, 42 kills. Electus Matari, 41. Pandemic Horde popping up again at 29 in the ninth place. And top 10, Wild Geese, 25. Roe Capel, I haven't heard that name in a while. Did, was there any other systems that Roe Capel was in? But... Previous one, Flossus one. Flossus one. <laughs> So they must be up in that northern area doing some stuff. Uh, I, I remember when they were like a real badass super alliance. I don't know if they're still that way. I haven't heard much from them recently. They made some really good videos, though. Yeah, I think that's where I know them from is videos. A lot of uh, uh, null sex stuff. Oh, our top shifts in this system are going to be number one, Thrasher Fleet Issue, 140 kills. Uh, the regular Thrasher, 102, so there you go. Rifter, 98. Uh, the Exeger Navy Issue, 89. Uh, we'll go down to the Punisher with 68. Thrasher with 67. The Scythe Fleet Issue in the eighth spot at 64. Tristan popping back up with 50 kills. And the Osprey Navy issue with 46. So yeah, that rounds out the top, um, or the the six fa uh, faction warfare frontline systems for the Amar Mimitar War Zone. Oh yeah, and Rokepel was uh, in the AT, I believe. Yeah, definitely. Fleet Block brings that up. Um, All right, and um, we did get a piece of news from uh, Riley Reese, if uh, you want to go over that, uh, Samson. Yeah, so uh, take it with a grain of salt. This is intel that comes from the Caldari side. Uh, Riley Reese, uh, Riley Shark Reese, has uh, informed us of a, a uh, infamous AWOXer who most recently uh, fed for Draugr's, uh, but that's besides the point. Um, so Flower Fallen is AWOXing on the Kaldari side, but uh, basically Riley was contesting that uh, we remove at least two bill of losses from the Kaldari side. <laughs> <laughs> because because of this AWOXing and the fact that they had to take it out and fed fed for, for Draugr's. But, uh, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, um, or as far as we're concerned, I marked I marked uh, this character Awoxer as red, just in case they, you know, uh, as individually, just in case they decide to switch sides, because that was one of the warnings that Riley said is that perhaps you know this person would switch to Galente and start Awoxing on our side, potentially. Does this Does this guy have? Uh, uh, we pull him up on Z Kill actually. Let's take a look. Yeah, we can pull him up. Yeah, I know they're a streamer. Um, I've seen him stream a few times. He's taking that, uh, you know, I'm frozen fallout. This guy's flower fallen. You know, we're both FF people. It's, it, it flies a lot of droggers. And yeah. AWOXs, apparently. See, because these are all, these are all, uh, not all, but there's a, there's a good, good amount of, uh, of that going on here, it looks like. Yeah, it looks like he's killing. Is what is he in his own corporate? Yeah, he's in his own corporation. He's a yeah, COVID, COVID hunters. hunters. 
<laughs> he streams on Twitch, so yeah, he's out there streaming on Twitch. Probably, so, I, I'm a, I'm assuming too that they might, probably did it for the, um, you know, for the the memes and and for for the stream, for the views. Do it all for the views. views. <laughs> Absolutely. I I am surprised actually that there isn't more awaxing going on. Um, yeah, you know. so it's it, it's a perfectly valid form of gameplay at least you know as far as ccp is concerned but i honestly feel like awoxing is the only thing even as a pirate as a, i mean as a privateer or pirate whatever i still feel like awoxing is not cool um and uh you you will be executed on site for any attempts at awoxing and i have executed awoxers in the past so uh, yeah, the only time that awoxing is the only time that it's valid is that there is an overview set up where if you if you've got your view so that you see uh, pirates as more important than being um, in militia, that you'll see a pirate and you'll start attacking them. Yeah, not well, that's a mistake. Yeah, but uh, when, when they don't heed the four or five warnings in local um, or whatever, then I think you just shoot them. That, yeah, at that point. <laughs> but yeah, there is but, there there is minor forms of of awoxing going on, um, just to, you know, because of farmers and stuff like that that's going on. Um, yeah, because of uh, seagulls, especially seagulls. Yeah, that are just you know, we're gonna bring in fifty of our alts into one of the battlegrounds just to force all of us to get all you know. It's, you know, it, although that isn't it's not it's not super prevalent, but it happens. Um, no, it's not. It's not too. It's not too prevalent. But uh, um, yeah, that, that's just a bit of a bit of a, a report came in from Riley today. Just wanted to share that with you guys. Um, but I, I believe I'm going to have to drop off before the end of the show here. So um, thank you for having me. So I will. I will see you guys later. Have a good one, Samson. Thanks a lot for coming on. Later. See you, brother. All right, and then uh, we are going to switch over to the producer letter, and we're going to let uh, Aurora kind of give us a uh, breakdown here. So uh, this is the producer letter from Uprising to New Conquests, um, and this is something that kind of was released by CCP, kind of go over uh, some of the successes that have happened since uh, the Uprel um, and the Upper, uh, sorry, the Uprising expansion and what's going to be happening in the future uh one of the things is is that there is going to be two expansions this year um and one of them the, the one in the first or well i don't know if it's an expansion but one of the main things that they're going to be looking to do is allow people to join faction warfare without having to leave your corporation so that's going to be a huge boost um i think to faction warfare as long as they can figure out how to do it properly um And let me go ahead and bring that on up here. So one second. Yeah, I think Samson had it on his. Nope, I've got it too. Grab it on mine if you don't. You don't have it. Nope, I've got it. So I've got it so that uh, you know they can see as it's reading off what's going on here. So why am I? My brain. I swear I can do this. There we go. All right. Producer's Letter from Uprising to New Conquests Uprising Capsuleers 
It's an incredibly thrilling time to be a capsuleer in New Eden as we embark on a new year in EVE Online. The front lines have been buzzing with activity and some big shifts are happening in the political landscape. Since the launch of the Uprising expansion in November 2022, the activity in New Eden has exceeded our wildest expectations with active player counts swelling since release and, more importantly, pilots being more active in space. Particularly notable has been the sharp 75% increase in PvP kills in low sec as well as the 11% PvP kill increase in high sec despite the additional restrictions on ganking and changes to abyssal dead space following the release. This has pushed industry and mining significantly, with Navy ship production rising 14,709% and capital manufacturing seeing a 34% bump. Now that we have entered a new year and are marching toward Eve's 20th anniversary, we wanted to take a moment to reflect on last All right, year's so, latest um, expansion and look ahead at what is happening next in the letters. So these are put out Uprising, by CCP the future of war execs. Um, this Making is factional be warfare, CCP. FW, an exciting area of space filled with action and intrigue was one of the big things we aimed to address uh, in hold Uprising. My push to talk in so this is going to be Ritati, and I believe Burger was in on this one too. Of Eve Online, um, and we wanted to make so they are not game the makers. These are the uh, are programmers. These the are the, the makers. So uh, they may not have and making it more you know, dynamic. Uh, information on like uh, new ships and that lines, kind of stuff. New ships but, uh, the war zone. Existing ships got well, they'll cover what's in this letter, but that's who's producing it. And all new battlefield sites were introduced. Yeah. Together, this has created even more ways for players to get involved in, and be rewarded for, diving into the action. As mentioned in the Factional Warfare Dev blog that was released in December, the next big part of the FW equation is already underway. This next update, coming in Q1, will introduce a feature we're calling Direct Enlistment, which will allow players to join FW without leaving their corp and alliance mates. Not only did the Uprising expansion overhaul factional warfare but it also opened the door to personalization. As a capsuleer, flying your colors allows you to celebrate your allegiance while sending a message to others about who you are. The new Paragon Corporation introduced a new currency, Evermarks, along with new agents, stations, and missions that enable you to acquire corporation and alliance emblems. The real beauty, however, is that you cannot simply buy your way into these accolades, you actually need to undock and play. This results in more pilots in space, more opportunities for conflict, and more budding industrialists and traders filling the need created by Paragon. As we move forward, we will add more ways for you to earn Evermarks through your in-game actions. The most recent example of this being the daily login rewards from the Winter Nexus event. The launch of Uprising saw emblems become available on over 100 ships, with a further 186 new ships added on the 15th of December. We will continue to roll out emblems for more ships with the next batch planned for later this quarter. You can also expect even more radical customization options in the future, from peacocking your kill marks to marking your space and citadels. Bringing more players into the fold. Our ambition has been to ease the pathway for new recruits to become battle-hardened veterans and contribute to the battles raging across New Eden. Having redeveloped the entry into the game while empowering new players with opportunities to develop the core skills for their spacefaring adventures, we can now shift our focus onto giving them more meaningful roles in the interstellar war effort. 
The main design question that we continue to ask ourselves is, how can we make new players become even more capable and ready to engage with empires, corporations, and alliances? Much of the Uprising expansion's focus was geared toward PvP, but we also want to enable different methods of contribution to the war effort that accommodate more playstyles. If low sec is the war zone, then high sec is the home front, where bullets are made and boots are stitched for the front lines. As we start to look beyond Uprising, we'll be taking the learnings from factional warfare and applying them to other areas of space with one of our focuses being on guiding players into more parts of the sandbox. While smoothing the learning curve for novice pilots so they can become valuable recruits for experienced capsuleers. The war machine requires scores of cogs to run effectively, every capsuleer has a role and purpose, whether it's fighting for territory on the front lines or supporting the war effort from the home front. Every item destroyed requires replacement, driving industry and mining, the backbone of New Eden. An issue many leaders face is the funding of their organizations. We hear this time and again, where player corporation and alliance leaders of all sizes and areas of space need to lean on taxes from bounties or the goodwill of a few, through donations, to run their organizations. This is simply not sufficient for the myriad of different activities that groups rely on for income such as abyss running, loyalty point, LP, generation, market trading, wormhole blue loot, and more. Allowing more avenues of taxable income will ensure that important programs, like SRPs, ship replacement programs, will continue to allow novice pilots to take the step into more challenging content or encourage more experienced capsuleers to risk larger ships. We have already started experimenting with this through the one-to-one -one Evermark Corporation contributions into the Corporation Wallet. This was just our first experimentation with a Corporation LP Wallet and is something we're looking to expand on this year. On funding, we have prioritized contested income, formerly known as passive income, a source valuable enough to take, hold, and defend. In Uprising, we created several new gameplay systems introduced to factional warfare that could also be applied elsewhere. The frontline system has shown we can create high-conflict zones, which are ideal candidates for these contested income sources since they create areas of vulnerability. We much prefer these high-value sites in areas of substantial risk, rather than having highly defensible systems. We believe that creating more ways for players to get involved in the war effort will set us on the path to creating the ultimate interstellar war machine. Which in turn will make New Eden an even more vibrant place filled with excitement, intrigue, and infinite possibilities. Friendship Machine to War Machine You've heard us talk about the Friendship Machine. We believe that the social connections made in New Eden are one of the most important aspects of EVE Online. People create meaningful friendships through fleets, corporations, and alliances. Running and operating these social entities can be very daunting, as well as taking the leap to join them. But getting more players involved is incredibly important, especially in fleets, as EVE is even better with friends. Watching the emerging social organizations form in the war zones has been truly inspiring, where old and new capsuleers join forces in taking on the objectives at hand. This is something we've seen in public fleets, such as NPSI fleets, over the years and is something on which we want to put more focus in this next phase of development. As we enter the next era of EVE Online, we plan to establish a strong social network to foster powerful bonds as we build toward delivering the future of war in New Eden. The future of EVE evolved. 
With the uprising expansion, Immersion in EVE has been elevated to even greater heights through visual and audio enhancements backed by significant performance and UI improvements. The new Epic Upwell hangars allow you to marvel at your achievements and really convey a sense of scale for the stations and ships from the safety of the dock. Uprising also saw the release of several audio updates to enhance the sensory experience, and all of this is supported by performance improvements and a modern UI. Photon UI has been in testing for the past six months and now has an adoption rate of over 91%. Thanks to player feedback there have been several improvements, new features, and fixes made in the process. Expect to see more improvements and a full launch later this quarter bringing with it a full release of multiple overviews and more features. You can look forward to further visual enhancements on this scale and other powerful improvements to audio and performance coming to the star cluster as we continue to evolve EVE Online into the next decade and beyond. Uprising and Beyond Over the last couple of years, we have carried out important, foundational work that enabled us to build Uprising, our first expansion since 2018. We aim to continue releasing expansions of this caliber going forward, with additional updates, more shiny toys, and riveting world events like the Stellar Transmuter incident in between to keep New Eden vibrant, active, and well-balanced. With the Uprising expansion, we took a big step toward realizing the future of war in New Eden, and yet, there is still so much more to come. We are thrilled to reveal our high-level roadmap for EVE Online for the year ahead. Kicking off 2023. We are kicking off the year with a celebration. Eve's Lunar New Year will begin on the 19th of January and alongside this celebration, we will be bringing simplified Chinese to tranquility. NetEase has been pioneering the frontiers of Eve Online in mainland China and building the future of our two servers, Serenity and Infinity, for that region. We want to recognize our Chinese-speaking players outside of mainland China that have built strong alliances and made their mark on New Eden over the past two decades. Furthermore, toward the end of January the Microsoft Excel plugin, developed in collaboration with Microsoft, will be soft launching in a closed beta trial. Announced at FanFest last year, this integration will enable Omega Capsuleers to log in and directly pull in-game data into Microsoft Excel. We believe this will level the playing field by providing easy and simple access to in-game data, without requiring coding knowledge. The official launch is planned around EVE's 20th anniversary in May. For more on New Eden post-uprising and the future of EVE, please tune into CCP-TV today at 1600 Coordinated Universal Time as CCP Convict, CCP Burger and I will be conducting a deeper dive into the topics from this blog. As we enter the third decade, we are one step close to our mission of having EVE live on forever. We are incredibly excited as we accelerate toward EVE Online's 20th anniversary and look forward to sharing more details on new gameplay features and live events throughout this year. The future is bright, and we look forward to seeing you in space. 07 CCP Ratati, Game Director all right so that is the um breakdown that they give us of uh, quite a bit of information there um is there anything that you wanted to uh to point out um i've got a couple of things that uh that i think are kind of cool here yeah a couple of things that popped off right right from the top where they're talking about since the expansion with the 75 percent increase in pvp 
PvP kills in low sec and 11% in high sec. I thought was pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, that's just a testament to that uh, the last uh, uh, update with Faction Warfare. And I think we both agreed it's been pretty great. Yeah. Um, there is a fatal flaw with it, what has to do with the, the LP in the backline systems. But um, again, I, I, I think it's going to balance out. But that production of capital ships, or uh, yeah, the both of that, the the, uh, the Navy ships production, 14,000%. I mean, that's just something I had to like, I'm like, is that a typo or is that like a period or no? But I started thinking about my own industry and I've never produced a, a faction warfare uh, ship. I always just, you know, would, would LP them and, and swap out and get the, the ships. I wouldn't actually build one. But since that expansion, the introduction of the uh, the Imicus and the uh, uh, the Catalyst, yeah, I've you know I've built a couple dozen of them now. So yeah, I've um, built like that, 40, 50, <laughs> like yeah, of, it, of it's each. More, you know, it, it's cost effective. Before, it wouldn't make any sense to try to build uh, like a any nation issue. Yeah, yeah all of them. It, the, the blueprints sucked. They it, had so many of the, the special minerals and special items that you needed inside of it that it just cost way too much. And then the blueprint, you know, just with the discount that we get now makes a lot more sense to spend your LP on that blueprint than it is to spend it on just pumping out that ship now. Even though there might yeah. be some, you know, isk-wise, if you take out LP out of the equation completely, then, you know, it might be better still just produce that ship and then trade it in. But because of the LP swap, uh, or the discount with that we get, um, that's huge. That's, that's a lot. Um, yeah, and that also goes right into the manufacturing bump. Like I said, I, I know a lot of people that weren't doing manufacturers, but now that you can build these ships so cost effectively, uh, yeah, if you got an alt or whatever, you're just going to cook them instead of buying them outright. Yeah, and I, I think that um, it's going to be really interesting to see how they, um, you know, bring about more faction Navy ships. And if we have more Navy ships that are going to be coming out up the line, uh, more shiny stuff for us to spend our LP on. Um, because I think that that's, that's a key driver um, that will be more important as things go for us to have things for us to really spend our LP on. Even though there's a huge store with lots of stuff to technically spend it on, there's only a few items out there that are really worth spending on but if you can limit it to this is the only way like faction destroyers regardless of the isk to, to um, lp ratio it doesn't matter because it comes from faction warfare only that's the only way to get mm -hmm. it and it just is a really easy i feel like for me to build my own uh galente ships than it is to build anybody else's faction destroyers um, at this point you know, it, I could go out and buy them or set up a trade, but I have to do a lot of new steps, or different steps, um, and get them from different places instead of just going to Fliet, picking up a whole bunch of uh, blueprints, moving over, over to Yavangir, and boom, oh. all of a sudden I've got, you know, billions of ships that I've produced for the game and get, get blown up quite often, so... Yeah, and the logistics have worked out a lot better too because I can just bring in the materials if I don't have them there from from scrap. Um, I can bring in the materials and then build the ships and leave them there. So I'm not building the ships someplace else, then transporting them into the war zone. I can build them right there. So that's and, been helped out my logistics a lot. 
And Fleabag kind of brings up uh, something that kind of integrates into that. Do you use your second and third slot of your Omega for manufacturing stuff? Uh, can a single account player make a profit in industry just running jobs on the other two salts? Um, and I think that one of the big things here is that if you're going to be a single account, so first thing I'm going to talk about is what I do, and then I'll talk about single accounts. Um, so I do two accounts because it just makes it easier for me. I have my industrial um, that does all of my shipping and all of my, you know, not really necessarily all of my producing. I've, my main has got so many skill points that I can do pr production on him as well. Um, but my alt is really important in that when I'm in faction warfare, high sec is dangerous as fuck. Don't fucking go there. It's just, you're a war target. There's just too many possibilities. I also, you know, you start dipping down into more dangerous, um, negative security status levels in order to be, um, in, not in order to be in faction warfare, but just when you're running around, you want to kill a neutral. It happens. It happens a lot. And then you kill a couple pods and all of a sudden you've got like a massive negative to your security status um so having that second alt is really um helpful for me and i like to be able to have them logged in at the same time um it's a little easier to do trades um, you can do contracts which is um you know cost you a little bit of is but uh, person to person contracts are extremely cheap no matter how much that you're trading between each other um but with a single account i think it is possible definitely you're going to take some of your skill points away, um, and it, it hurts to a small degree. But I mean, hell, you're going to do it on your main anyways, right? You wanted your If you're going to haul shit on your main, then if you're in Faction Warfare, I highly suggest get that second uh, character slot and train it up to do hauling for you. Um, and don't have hauling abilities on your main character if you're you know just starting out the game and you, you haven't already trained those type of things. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's definitely the way to go, is to have one character, whether it's two accounts or one account, one character for faction warfare, one for industrial type stuff, um, and then the third that, you know, you could have, be maybe that is your main character that is in a 0, 0.0 alliance or whatever, but I think that um, you don't need a lot of skill points to be in faction warfare, so... Uh, but in general, the whole concepts of, of how you play EVE Online, EVE Online is, is a multi-character game. Regardless of how many accounts that you're going to be using, you definitely want one or two or three characters to do different stuff for you. Just because of what they do or where they are will limit them in a great amount of capacity. What do you think, uh, Nightflyer? Yeah, I've got five characters. I've got two on my, my first account, and then the other ones I've got picked up extra accounts. But that's what I did. I picked up my second one, I did the multi-character training uh, with her, and yeah, she was strictly for hauling and marketing stuff. Because when I was first starting out, I made off all my uh, my money off of doing uh, PVE, and I didn't want to tie up my main uh, training up skills for marketing stuff. So I built her. She trained up all her marketing, got that extra couple of percent, but in the end, kind of pays off. And again, she can keep her status clear in all of the regions and so she can go to Omar, she can go to you know heck she can go to Jita without you know any issues and yeah then i i made the one with faction warfare after i met you and started you know getting into that because my main got pulled into noir and was doing the the mercenary for hire stuff so um yeah you just have to have your characters you know 
<laughs> to do the jobs you want to do. Um, as Astaroth always says this, you know, it's a thousand, Eve is a thousand different games and you could be good at a couple of them, but to try to be an expert on all of them is very difficult. So uh, the more you play the game or the more you want to get into, I would recommend getting those extra characters. Now I play Eve every day, so it's worth the investment to me. This is, you know, a full-time hobby for me. So, but I'm not at the bars drinking, so my wife is supportive of it. So <laughs> uh, this is where my money goes. So it, it's up to you. It's up to your game style and how you want to play. And so some of the things that they talked about also in here was that the, about bringing pe more people into the, the fold. Um, not only are they thinking about bringing ways of, uh, you know, the, be participating in faction warfare by joining faction warfare, but there's industrial stuff that's going on that you can do to support um, faction warfare, um, you know, providing for factions and stuff. And hopefully there's some missions and stuff that kind of go on. Maybe you can do missions to boost advantage or to remove advantage from a system um, and you don't have to be participating directly in faction warfare would be kind of cool. There's a lot of possibilities, um, but also they talked about like moving the concepts of what they've done with faction warfare to 0, 0.0 and i think that that's i think that's really cool now i'm not in 0, 0.0 so i don't have um the ability to be you know like i that i have a stake in the game of this but what 0, 0.0 has is a super shitty version of what faction warfare has for how you fight over a system um, and I think that this is a much cooler way of fighting over systems and system control than anything that 0, 0.0 has ever put out. Um, the, the passes and stuff like that, that's all interesting. Um, you know, when it, that was like the first iteration, right? Is that you have to, you had to control more player owned stations, passes in a system that could only be attached to a moon. So if there was only three moons in a, in a solar system, you had to have, you know, two out of those three moons underneath your control in order to, to control the system. Now they have iHubs and, um, you know, flags that kind of are, uh, I can't remember what the name of the item is, but there's a structure you put up in space that's basically your flag, and then you have the infrastructure hub. Um, and then in order to contest those, now they spawn sites, right? Um, the idea is that they're, do you know much about the 0.0? I haven't dealt much with the, the, the using of the yeah not the now myself not the setup in it like i said i've been there i've been the wormholes um and i get while people enjoy that i understand that um the aspect or the allure of it um but it just wasn't for me and my play style and yeah i mean i i i like being on 0, 0.0 but i never really dealt with the the mechanics that they have i can't even remember what the name of the what they call the mechanical system, the, the meme name that they have for it. Uh, but basically it like spawns sites, you have to like control sites for a certain amount of time. Um, kind of like what Faction Warfare is doing, but it's much quicker. It's like it, um, you like trigger the system and then you have these uh, devices that you have to, uh, Honoros devices or something like that, that you use in order to like hold down the thing. I don't know. It. The way that they they have it right now, it's like it was gamed really quickly, 
and the idea of how to do it was you know they turned into like interceptors online for a while um, and there was weird stuff where I, I really like the way that faction warfare has done there is there is still ways to game the system for sure um, and if you're outnumbered in the way that faction warfare has kind of done it it is a lot harder to win the fight because upshipping is not sometimes a possibility if they're inside of a small flex you know and they're all destroyers and there's a hundred of their destroyers in a small flex what are you gonna do you know you just you don't you don't go into the small flex um, but you can go to other places and fight on different front lines but in general I think that that's something that was really interesting to see if they can bring what they've learned about faction warfare territorial control system and bring it to 0, 0.0 um, I think that'll expand expand a lot more with the the next expansion where they, uh, um, oh, what do they have that where the so so you you or your corporation can come into faction warfare the allegiance system. So mm -hmm. once they've they've implemented the allegiance system, um, I think, and they've got that ironed out. I think that'll open the door for moving faction warfare out into Nullsec, or at least the concept. So, yeah, the concepts yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, so Uprising and Beyond, they have a bunch of different stuff that they have. Um, so they say in first quarter 2023, they have the direct enlistment, which um, is the allegiance system. So I guess they're calling it direct enlistment now. Okay. Um, join faction warfare without leaving a corporation or alliance. Factional campaigns um, assist your empire in developing new transportation technologies in a special event transportation technology is interesting so I wonder if this will be a logistical kind of thing um, Lunar New Year celebration and Chinese localization um, and then EVE Online Excel or EVE X Excel um, yeah I've, I think I'll have to learn <laughs> I'm kind of a Google Sheets kind of guy so um, <laughs> we'll see I'm gonna have to learn on Excel yeah. go back to that so i mean in, i'm interested to see how well it integrates in i think it'd be kind of cool to have some cool things inside of excel that deal with eve um it is called spectrosage cheats in space so uh, i'm interested to see what that looks like uh second quarter they're going to be relieving an expansion an unnamed expansion at this point and then they're going to do 20 years of eve online capsuleer day um which so this will be there normally it's the yearly you know, birthday of EVE Online, but this is the 20th. Um, almost old enough to drink in the United States of America. Definitely way older than it needs to be in many UK or uh, EU um, countries. In third quarter, they're going to do Fan Fest, which I've got tickets to. Nightflyer has tickets to, and so does Samson. I just got my hotel room the other the other night. I figured I better jump in when it's quick so yeah we're gonna go with the hotel downtown let's yeah. the airbnb yeah me and samson got an airbnb together i'm excited um this will be my first use of an airbnb ever this is, uh i normally do just do no hotels that's uh, yeah i looked a lot of nice places down there at airbnb um but i just thought with the knowing ghoster and i and how we went through vegas um i think being downtown a hotel would probably be a little bit because you're, you're in a hotel when you're in an Airbnb, um, you might have to contend with neighbors that aren't Airbnbs. And so mm -hmm. if you're going to get rowdy or have parties come back to your place. Uh, yeah, no, good issues, point. Uh, we're going to go good around point. That, So 
Good point. So party party at your hotel. Uh, party at our hotel. Absolutely. We're at uh, the Klopp. K-L-O-P-P with umlauts or something over it. So I'm not, I think it's called Klopp. Could cool. be Klopp. Um, one question to, to backtrack real quick. I'm sorry yeah. before we go into that fourth quarter. Because um, they were talking about the loyalty points and the Evermarks and from the corporate contribution. Oh, yes. So like the is, how do we tax out that stuff? And I understand that. But you own a corp and an alliance, and I am not familiar with that. So have you seen those come into a corp wallet yet? Um, I actually, um, I have not done with anything with the... the um, Evermark corporation wallet thing. And that, that is something that I should actually start digging into a little bit more. I wonder what I can actually do with that. I'm sure I've got some, um, you know, just from me and, and I know Samson, I don't know if you've done any of the Evermark stuff, but uh, I know that we've got some people that are doing it in the corporation. Um, I'm interested to see what I can do with that. And I'm really, and I'm glad you brought this up too, because I, I forgot to, that this was something I wanted to talk about taxing of LP is a possibility, you know, the idea of, or at least the allow a corporation or alliance to gain LP points, I think is huge for faction warfare. Um, it yeah, allows absolutely. us to have, you know, it's the same of the idea of how do, how do you support SRP in 0, 0.0? You tax people. Well, there's nothing to tax in, in uh, faction warfare really. There are barely any bounties that you're going to get. Almost everything has to do with LP and selling on the market. So you might own a market hub like Hey Dealies, uh, HQ, the, the pizza that owns that. Those guys, you know, are making some money off of running like a market hub and stuff. But really, there is not a good way to make SRP level money and having like fleet doctrines ready to be handed out to people and stuff like that. A lot of that just comes from rich people and collaboration at this point. Like I know me and Samson do a lot of like, well, we're just gonna build 150 different ships and then just start handing them out to people. Um, and just be, you know, there is a lot of money in faction warfare, just being lazy. I mean, I am really lazy about faction warfare. I'd say I, I Comparatively to the amount of, that I used to, eff, how much effort I put into ratting back in the day when I was trying to make just a buck, you know, like it, when I was like ticking out 50 million um, hiss per hour, and I was like, that's good enough for me. I'm just, you know, and I just, you know, I didn't really have a lot of per se effort as much as I have to put into in faction warfare in the sense of what I actually did for that activity, but how long I did it. I would spend days like just, you know, having my account every minute that I could have an account up, I was out there ratting because 98% of the time it was safe and 2% of the time I might die. And, and if I if I just watch TV and stuff like that, well, I'm doing, you know, and I was younger too. So I was into that, like sitting at my computer, just having yeah. Eve Online running in the background, doing uh, ratting and stuff like that passive income or well basically passive income because you do it in like an ishtar um comparatively to how much effort i put in or how much time i put into faction warfare is magnitudes i'm talking like one tenth one twentieth the amount of time that i spend in faction warfare and yet i feel like i'm making billions of isk i mean off of this easy and 
each site is is giving you like 28 million for 10 minutes of gameplay you know it's huge now you might get fucked with during that 10 minutes of gameplay um and if i play for an hour or two i've definitely probably gotten into one or two or five fights in the last hour just trying to make some money um but it's it's more fun it's less time yeah. more fun easy to make a lot of money and i feel like just my fucking around in faction warfare is enough to fund a small corporation by itself with supplying ships and shit however once this becomes something that is taxable or some kind of ratio of where even better would be that it's not taxable that it just you get LP for your corporation for having people go out and doing these activities and it's like a, a set amount you know they're doing one for one for Evermark I believe um, yeah. I don't think that'll be what they'll that's way too much for, for faction warfare uh, LP the payouts that we get um, and way too like the Evermarks of course are just like item you know things that you can put on your ship and stuff like that cosmetic stuff um Faction Warfare LP is, you know, makes items. So I don't think that that's going to be one for one at all. Um, but it would be cool if that's... It's interesting because if it does... I If it does come down to attacks, I'm debating of whether or not we use it as a recruitment status of being like, no, we don't charge LP tax. Like, and may, because then I don't have to... Uh, I can still supply things the way that I already do. Uh, but it can be a really big drive to be like, listen... Your money is your money. <laughs> you join us. Your LP is your LP. Yeah. Go out there and uh, don't get taxed. And then if like the uh, NPC corporations and big alliances are putting like you know five, ten, fifteen, twenty percent, like you see out in Nullsec, um, tax on LP, it's a big draw to come over to us and hang out with us instead because uh, we won't be taxing you. But also, it is a big draw to be like, hey man, if you have a hundred people that are out there plexing and you're making a lot of LP for your alliance or corporation, you can really fund uh, some cool-ass operations. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, for sure. Alright, well, we are coming up on almost two hours into this uh, podcast, so I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it on up here. Um, Thank you, Nightflyer, so much for coming on out and uh, going over all of this. We'll get uh, deeper into some... I think next episode I want to do like a um, breakdown of a couple things. And then next episode that you would be on, I think we would be maybe doing like a, a year breakdown of what's going... Uh, what, what has happened in the war zone and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and... Uh, let me pull up here. So thank you all for watching. If you're interested in joining the war effort, go ahead and put an application into Golden Age Stories in-game. Um, that's the Federation Frontline Alliance that we belong to. Um, if, you if, uh, if you want to, you can always watch us live on Twitch every Sunday at 2300 Eve time at 5 p.m. Central time. And if you miss the show live, you can always watch us or listen to us on our podcast, The Federation Frontline Report. On Spotify, iTunes, we got a YouTube channel, and you can pretty much find us on any pod podcasting platforms. Um, a lot of them do support video. If it does, you can watch us on there, or you can just listen to us if it doesn't. 
Um, or if you like to listen to us while you're driving, you know, don't watch us if you're driving. Stay safe out there. Um, you can always check out our website, federationfrontline.com, for more information on our alliance or our podcast, as well as some information on EVE Online or uh, links to a lot of our friends and affiliates. Um, if you have news that you'd like us to talk about on the show or if you'd like to be a guest or um, have an after-action report you'd like us to talk about, um, definitely shoot over a message to Frozen Fallout in-game. You can hit up Nightflyer in-game as well, um, as well as Gwenevic Kenyon, um, that's Samson's character, that you can hit up as well. And thank you all for watching. Have a great night. Good night, everybody. <laughs>